This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking boxes. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Bear with me for just one second, folks. Hold on. Uh, I'm looking for... Oh, man alive. It's not coming up. Uh, apparently, the president's tweeting uh, and about North Korea. I will do some more searching and try to find it so I can get it exactly right. Welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show, and I'm happy... Uh, that you guys have joined us. Telephone number is 888-933-93-888-900-3393. Man, it is in here, President. Ah, here it is. While I greatly appreciate the efforts of President Xi and China to help with North Korea, it hasn't worked out. At least I know China tried. That's rather ominous. Uh, maybe we'll hear that being talked about in the flip around. If you want to weigh in on the Chris Salcedo Show, folks, it's always available to you. The telephone number is 888-933-93, If you want to uh, reach out on social media, the aforementioned Twitter, by the way, I was reading from the president's Twitter handle there moments ago. Ours is at Chris Salcedo TX, at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X, as in Texas. SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher on-demand listening for the programming here. At the Great Bladio, uh, Blaze Radio Network, <laughs> the Bladio. Hey, I just made up a new word, the Bladio Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, catch the show live, theblaze.com/radio, uh, the Blaze Radio smartphone app, or the iHeart Radio app. I'm talking so quickly. I'm trying to get so much out, and just can't get it out fast enough. Uh, let's see. Did I get all the social media? Oh yes, theblaze.com. Go to the channel section and find the Chris Salcedo show there. That is theblaze.com on the channel section. Uh, before we even get started, yesterday we told you about Otto Warmbier. It broke during our show and Otto Warmbier passing away. John McCain. John McCain, you know I'm no fan. But John McCain got on Twitter today. Or was, was I'm not even sure where he was. He was either in an interview or on Twitter or somewhere. But John McCain said that, in essence, that those who are stupid enough to go to North Korea should sign a waiver. Americans, quote, stupid enough to go to North Korea should sign a waiver. Now, look. I agree with the underlying sentiment. I don't think it is wise for any American to head to a deadly communist repressive regime's country. Uh, you will, you will be exploited. You will be, uh, at, at the very least, harassed, and at the very worst, you'll lose your life. That is the uh, legacy of these communist thugs over in North Korea. Now, all that being said, the day after Otto Warmbier dies, John McCain, you want to call him stupid? I mean, who is John McCain anyway? Elizabeth Warren? I mean, really? I mean, here, here come the Democrats, Elizabeth Warren, Nancy Pelosi, and, and Bernie Sanders, just days after one of their liberal progressive 
kooks took shots at Republicans, putting one in the hospital, almost losing his life. And they're already out blasting away. So much for the unity, so much for civility. Let's get out to the, uh, the flip around, folks. We'll start off, as is our practice, with CNN. Unfortunately, we missed Jim Acosta, which... He will he will play a prevalent role today in the first hour of the program. Enlisted a hotel, uh, they say that just doesn't exist. Flynn's lawyer declined to comment in an email to CNN. So I have uh, Nick Ackerman with me, assistant uh, special Watergate prosecutor, now a partner at the law firm of Dorsey and Whitney, and CNN chief local correspondent Dana Bash. So welcome to both of you. And Dana, let me just dive right in with you. You know how. We're seeing this trend with Trump officials are for forgetting or not disclosing the details. You know, Jeff Sessions, Derek, Jared Kushner. and Yeah, that never happened during the Obama administration. Look, uh, Newt Gingrich, and we'll probably have this soundbite tomorrow because I wasn't planning on getting into this today. But Newt Gingrich said the fix is in. The fix is in with this special counsel. Somebody's going up the river and it probably won't be the president, but it will be one of his associates. And I think the basket of biased press and Democrats have their have their sights set on Flynn. And there's a reason why. Now, Flynn wasn't exactly the most honest of individuals, and I don't want to pretend that he was. But that being said, uh, I think the Democrats view him particularly as a traitor because he served in the Obama administration and then turned on them and outed everything that Obama was doing. So I think they want to they want to make an example of him. I think that they have all they've, they've got the long knives out. Not a lot of friends among Republicans for Mr. Flynn. Because he was such a, a vocal supporter of Donald Trump. The establishment guys don't like him very much. And the Democrats, uh, because he was airing all of Obama's dirty laundry. Didn't care for him either. So I think and he has in some some inconsistencies in his testimony, although CNN was forced to report earlier today that he is fully cooperating with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Let's go over to Fox. Otto Wambier very well may be another symptom of that. Restrictions, travel restrictions in order? Yes, I mean, for a couple of reasons. First of all, we don't want other Americans to become hostages, but also the regime earns 100% of the dollars that come in from tourism because your waitress or your tour guide, they get North Korean won, which is generally worthless. Those dollars go into ballistic missiles, nuclear weapons, because money is fungible. So every time you see a missile arcing into the sky, it's tourist dollars at work. We can travel into every country on the face of the earth except, of course, <laughs> for Cuba, uh, it is unusual in the main for the United States to restrict the movement of its own citizens. It's more normal for the State Department to put out notices and warn you about what you're about to get yourself into. Well, you see, Shep, uh, as he giggles a little bit about Cuba, uh, the reason why we don't send tax dollars to Cuba because Cuba uses that money to kill people with whom they politically disagree. <laughs> Shep, you know, the, the whole assassinating of one's political opposition, they undertake that practice quite frequently down there in Cuba. <laughs> so all those, I know, yes, well, all of those American tourism dollars go to the repressive regime and some saner people, uh, not including the last administration, some sane people said, that's not a good idea. That's not what we stand for. Over in North Korea, it's been demonstrated in all too, all too clear fashion that you take your very life into your hands if you travel into a repressive regime. Now, I know some of you left-wingers out there 
look at the communists and go, oh, just lovable little teddy bears. They just want the best for their people. Um, I think Kim Jong-un dispels that idiocy right now. Let's get over to MSNBS. Referendum on President Trump. And for uh, Democrats, it's being thought of as what could be the start of a wave. Steve Kornacki's been looking at the numbers in a way that only Steve Kornacki does. And the only way that uh, anybody can understand it is to watch him do it. So do your thing, Steve. All right, Allie. Well, let's take a closer look here. So Georgia's sixth. Again, it's such a tiny area here. These densely packed suburbs directly north of Atlanta. Most recent poll here basically has this thing as a tie. The key to this district, yes, your last guest just said, this is a district with a strong Republican tradition, but a very specific kind of Republican tradition. And it's one where Democrats, it thinks they think it gives them an opening in the Trump era. Here's why. Donald Trump only won this district, this very strongly Republican district, by a single point. Actually, it's 1.5, but let's not parse words. Did you hear the introduction to this segment? That a district that is tied right now, 49-49 in the polling, is the beginning of a wave. <laughs> MSNBS and wishful thinking. Uh, th- th- that is just too dang funny. Now, Ossoff, the, uh, the pajama boy who's running f- uh, for congressman in Georgia, he, he uh, gets all of his money nine to one from wealthy donors out in the state of California. California values are propping up Ossoff in Georgia's sixth. So anybody that's in Georgia with the sound of my voice, you better get out there. Uh, Ossoff is, is you know, Bernie Sanders wannabe, a, a Nancy Pelosi wannabe. Uh, those aren't your priorities down there in Georgia, in the Georgia sixth. Uh, you know, you want your family to work. You don't want to be dependent on government. Uh, uh, you want opportunity? That's not Ossoff. And and you know what else? It's it's being bandied about even on on Fox News. I heard who was this? It wasn't Lajeunesse. Who was reporting down there? Oh, I'm looking right at him. I just can't remember his name. Uh, this the aside from being laughable, this is the beginning of a wave. Uh, that that if Democrats can pull off a win in Georgia's sixth that it will be the template for other races in 2018. And and you know what? If the Democrats win, I hope it is. You know why? You know how much money the Democrat Party has spent and how much money is in this district? Was it 50 million? 50. 50 million. They've had to spend millions upon millions upon millions of dollars, and they may only win by a point if they win at all. And if they if they squeak out a victory, that will mean the Democrat Party has to spend that kind of money just to get a point victory. And that means those seats aren't very secure. And that means that they'll that the Democrat National Committee will be more bankrupt than it already is. <laughs> so let's hope that is a blueprint. I mean, legit, I, I'm, I'm on record. I, I don't think I don't think the Democrat will win. I mean, a lot, a lot of folks, for my, my read of the district and what I'm hearing is they come out on election day. That's where the bulk of the voting comes from. The early voting is split right down the middle. And if, if handle, uh, early voting is split and handle, uh, if she gets, if she wins on election day, 
then it's it's the Republicans get to keep that seat. I don't think it's going to be a wide margin either way. But uh, I, I just I can't conceive of folks in Georgia going, oh, yeah, let's go with a socialist. <laughs> let's go with a communist. That's that's what's going to fix everything. I mean, they they may dislike Trump down there, but uh, I don't think they distrust it. But they they uh, hate him that much to, to doom themselves. I could be wrong. Telephone numbers, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. Coming up, uh, we will talk a little bit about how the uh, the rhetoric has all of a sudden changed back to normal, sponsored by, of course, our political adversaries, the left wing in this country. What happened to the unity? What happened to the warm kumbaya feelings after a left, a crazed left-wing maniac tried to murder with a list in his pocket, tried to murder Republicans. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show, here on The Blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. The Chris Salcedo Show. Uh, Otto Warmbier has just passed away. He spent a year and a half in North Korea. A lot of bad things happened. But at least we got him home to be with his parents. We were so happy to see him, even though he was in very tough condition. But he just passed away a little while ago. It's a brutal regime. And we'll be able to handle it. Since I have been alive or been paying attention to political things, this regime has been a pain in the world's rear end. And I think it's outlived its usefulness. I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. It's probably a good thing I'm not president. Because my first instinct is to make North Korea pay and make it pay right away. And make it pay mightily. And I don't know whether you could do this. I think I heard Greg Gutfeld wondering pretty much the same way I am wondering out loud to you right now yesterday on The Five. It's like, you know, what do you do? You, if, you, if you openly retaliate, this is how sick the North Koreans are. If the United States retaliates for a loss of one of its citizens, instead of firing at us, they'll fire at South Korea. Because South Korea is an ally. Because they can't hit us. So they'll just, they'll just murder a whole bunch of South Koreans. And, then, and they'll say, it's on your, the blood's on your hands. And CNN will echo it. And MSNBS will echo that. The irresponsible Trump administration. And, you know, during Democrat administrations, they don't, 
they don't talk this way about making those pay for killing our countrymen. And during Republican administrations, the leftists inside of the media, they make sure that the narrative is, well, you just, the blood's going to be on your hands. Even though the blood is right now on the dictator's hands in North Korea. I, um, something's got to be done. We have scant options and every single one of them is bad. Because of the conventional weaponry that North Korea has uh, aimed at South Korea, and we have mo- a moral compass in this country, it's what prevents any meaningful actions being taken militarily at North Korea. And getting the Chinese to do anything. Uh, as we read from the president's Twitter account just off, well, this is his personal Twitter account that we read from at the top of the show. And I, I'm not sure who he's talking to, to be honest with you. Uh, with all due respect to the president, I, um, I don't know how much President Xi really did try. And here's the, here's the tweet again. While I greatly appreciate the efforts of President Xi and China to help with North Korea, it has not worked out. At least I know China tried. So, well, maybe the Chinese were the were the uh, targets of this tweet, saying, "You know, we gave you guys every opportunity, but you know, an American is dead now, tortured at the hands of your client state. So, guess what? Now we're going to do something. I would begin if I were this president by." putting in nuclear weapons back into the South Korean peninsula and nuclear weapons in Japan. And that would get the North Koreans, sorry, well, get the North Koreans' attention, certainly, but it would get China's attention right now. I mean, right now. And then they may get off their communist butts and do something because then it would be in their best interests to get off their leftist communist butts and do something. Right now, they have no incentive to do anything. And they're not doing anything about North Korea that's, that's meaningful. Nothing meaningful. You know, it's, it's kind of what it is with left-wing extremists. They like all the goodies and all the power and all that. They, don't, they never like to pay for it. I mean, uh, China wants to be the regional hegemon. They want to be the the guy in charge in that part of the world, but they don't want to do anything to earn it. Just like left-wingers in our country. And we all know communism is the, the, the ultimate expression of the Democrat party in this country, that communism is where their ideology ultimately leads. John Bolton was asked by Fox News this morning about, you know, what do we do about North Korea? Well, I think in the near term, I'd certainly favor reimposing every sanction that we ever had on North Korea, uh, including particularly adding them back to the list of state sponsors of terrorism. They never should have been removed from the list. This has significant implications for economic dealing uh, with North Korea. We ought to put all that pressure back on we can. But honestly, uh, we've seen enough of North Korea over the past 25 years to know they're not going to change their behavior because we put pressure on them. Uh, I think it's 
it's time to get to the cut to the chase here uh, and and look at what we really need to do with this regime that commits acts of terrorism that's pursuing nuclear weapons that oppresses its own people we need to end this regime hmm. and the way we end the regime is by reuniting the Korean Peninsula it won't be easy we need Chinese help yes we would need Chinese help and again I would rationalize unless there is a nuclear deterrent in region in uh, South Korea or and Japan or both that China won't be inclined to give us much in the way of anything that's real or tangible help. That is my opinion. I know it is shared by some other conservative thinkers out there, and I'm hoping that President Donald Trump is hearing it. All right, folks, back in a minute. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the ghost gunner. You know what that is? I'll explain. Coming up. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. Fox News uh, breaking in with this first. There appears to have been an, an attack in Brussels. Uh, police there have confirmed an incident at a train station. Apparently, there's been some sort of an explosion. Uh, Sky News, their affiliate over there. As a matter of fact, let's dip in. They're breaking right now on Fox News. Where reporter Ed Brown is standing by live and reporting for Sky News. Let's listen. And other police officers. Um, we believe that according to Belgian media, the um, reports are that there was a, an individual with an explosive uh, belt of some sort uh, who was uh, down in Central Station. Uh, and seems to have been neutralized. At the moment, there are no further details. Um, the whole area is cordoned off. Uh, uh, there are people being pushed back. Um, but the uh, environs, there's a lot of restaurants around here, a lot of people um, enjoying the kind of evening, and they're still out and about. So it's, uh, there's, a, there's a strong cordon, but there's not an atmosphere of panic yet. We understand that the Belgian police are saying that the situation is now under control. Ed, thank you. So just to recap there, this is uh, an incident being reported at Brussels Central Station. Uh, local media saying that a person wearing an explosive belt has been neutralized and that the situation is under control. Uh, just the, the latest line on that is that the soldiers guarding Central Station uh, neutralized that person after a small explosion with no other casualties. We'll bring you more as and when we get it. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> so there was a small explosion and the authorities are saying that we neutralized the guy <laughs> is it possible that perhaps the the explosive belt neutralized him for you if this is a pattern that we're used to seeing with our adversaries our enemies uh explosive belts are not out of the question for suicide bombers of course brussels no stranger to terrorism and well, uh, Br Brussels police are confirming an incident has happened and eyewitnesses confirm there was an explosion. And the police also saying that, uh, well, uh, <laughs> the guy's neutralized. So 
and well, Dutch media is basically saying that the, the federal police over there are confirming there was an explosion as well. So it's, who boy, uh, here we go again. Uh, we all know that Europe is a hotbed of terrorism because of their inexplicably stupid immigration policies over there. Their non-insistence on assimilation into their, into their cultures and into their countries. And they are paying a price in Europe. Uh, for ha- Well, you know what? The, the, the center of all of that wrong-headed immigration is right there, oddly enough, in Brussels. It's why the UK left the European Union is because they had, for all intents and purposes, surrendered their sovereignty to the city of Brussels and those bureaucrats who managed the European Union from within. So uh, we will monitor any news if, if the would-be suicide bomber and the speculated suicide bomber, if uh, he is the only casualty, then um, we can call this somewhat a victory. If he is not, then we'll continue to bring you uh, more information as we get it here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Meantime, let's start talking about where did all the kumbaya moments go? I mean, it for the last couple of days, what have we been hearing? We've been hearing that it's, uh, you know, it's essential that we take down the tone. We take down the rhetoric. We, we stop all this divisiveness and uh, Nancy Pelosi said she was heart sick over Steve Scalise being in the hospital. And then she starts opening up about Obamacare. About how the Republicans are this and that and the other. And then you've got this committed left winger by the name of Scott Pelley. Who jumps on CBS News. And basically says the Republicans brought this on themselves. Here's Fox News Channel talking about this change in tone back to the cancerous tone spearheaded by the, well, I guess now former anchor of CBS Evening News. A few days ago, Democrats and Republicans walked onto a baseball field together. But even in trying times, politics can rear its head. Critics took issue with Scott Pelley asking if this was self-inflicted. It's time to ask whether the attack on the United States Congress yesterday was foreseeable, predictable, and to some degree self-inflicted. Now, first off, uh, was it on the Congress, Mr. Pelley, or was it on Republican members of Congress? What a disingenuous prig you are, sir. What a, and that's P-R-I-G, folks. Even though I think what you were all thinking might apply to Mr. Pelley after hearing this. Not only is he disingenuous, he, he dares to call himself a newsman. You dare, Scott Pilley, to call yourself a newsman? This wasn't an attack on Congress. This was an attack on one political party in Congress where the assassin had a list in his pocket of members of Congress to target, all Republicans. This is on one political party, sir, and you are disingenuous and you are misinforming your audience. By jumping on national television and saying, well, this is an attack on Congress. No, it was not. That is a bold face lie. It was not an attack on Congress. It was an attack on Republicans in Congress. By a crazed left winger. Who subscribes to your ideology, Mr. Pelley? 
too many leaders and political commentators who set an example for us to follow have led us into an abyss of violent rhetoric, which it should be no surprise has led to violence. Oh, violent rhetoric. Oh, you mean when conservatives disagree with left wing policies? You know, it's, it's only violent when the right disagrees with the left. Isn't that right, Scott Pelley? Oh, none of your side. None of your side could be undertaking this uh, this cancerous tone. A Democratic strategist from New Jersey tweeted hashtag hunt Republicans and then pushed back on calls to apologize. Hunt Republicans. From from the Democrats. Where was your reporting on that, Scott Pelley? Where was your reporting on Berkeley, Scott Pelley? on the so-called tolerant left-wingers, all Ann Coulter wanted to do is go and speak. And then your side, Scott Pelling, and yes, I know you are a biased left-wing, uh, I can't even call you a journalist, anchor. A biased left-wing anchor. What did you have to say? Where was this opinion of yours that you just expressed on national television? No wonder CBS thinks it's probably worthwhile uh, getting you off their news desk. You're not a very good newsman, sir. Not a very good newsman at all. You're a very good propagandist. You're a very good DNC apologist. But you are a terrible newsman, sir. And MSNBC's Joy Reid stirred up controversy when she tweeted, quote, Representative Scalise was shot by a white man with a violent background and saved by a black lesbian police officer. Uh-huh. So did George Takei. George Takei did something similar. Where was your reporting on that, Scott Pelley? We have more on this. And up next, by the way, folks, I want to introduce, for those of you who have not heard him before, the Ghost Gunner, right here on the Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze. Telling the truth. It's one of those jobs American liberals won't do. That's why we need the liberty-loving Latino Chris Salcedo. The Blaze Radio Network. Show. All right, welcome back, everybody. The whole discussion that we've been having, in, well, the, the left wing has been having post this shooting in Virginia, it's been problematic. The focus hasn't been on those who were shot. This has started us down, again, this road, not blaming the individual who went nuts and abused his, his Second Amendment rights. The, the, the concentration from a certain segment of our society is to punish the rest of us so that we can't defend ourselves. Uh, I wanted to get a good friend of the program back on to talk about this aspect and many other things that he's been up to. He's been dubbed the Steve Jobs of the Second Amendment. Cody Wilson is the owner and proprietor of GhostGunner.net. He's the author of the groundbreaking book, Come and Take It, The Gun Printer's Guide to Free Thinking. Hey, Cody, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Hey, happy to be here, man. Glad, glad to have you on. Uh, Mark Warner uh, told NBC News that it appeared that the gunman was there to kill as many re uh, Republicans as possible. He had that list in his pocket, targets of his. When, when just hours, actually minutes after the shots started ringing out, when many people were still recuperating and it wasn't clear that Steve Scalise was even going to make it, you had 
certain elements of our society blaming the guns. Give me your reaction. Yeah, I was seeing I was seeing some of that instant reaction when it was almost still rumor, and we had only just heard reports like hitting the wires that you know he had asked, you know, are these Republicans or Democrats? And of course, you know, the the bigger rumors were, oh, this was a machine gun, this was a an M4, an AR-15, and it just you know it's it hurts to be this pragmatic, but whenever the gun is an AR-15, we know as as law-abiding Second Amendment enthusiasts that that's trouble, and so that it that it ended up not being one is is a blessing in this case among others. Of course, that no one, none of the Congress people are dead. But, but look, if the gun was different, if it was a, a, a Trump supporter shooting Democrats, we'd be having a different conversation this morning. Yeah, well, that's for sure. Uh, lawmakers now are pushing, and we actually talked to a couple of them in the wake of this, of this attack. They're pushing to to have lawmakers be able to carry inside of the nation's capital. Of course, everybody knows Washington D.C., the most restrictive. Uh, area in the country, along with Chicago and, and parts of California, on uh, the Second Amendment right of self-defense. What do you think about lawmakers being able to carry? Well, look, I'm I'm for it in the sense that, as citizen statesmen, it, it underlines all of our rights to be protected. You know, to carry guns, no matter where we are, and to crack that nut, DC, the federal buildings uh, with carry permits. I mean, almost a bridge too far, right? We almost know it's it can't fly, but to do that. I think would be almost bigger than any kind of federal, you know, appellate decision on the Second Amendment to, to break that stronghold. Wow, that'd be a big move for the Second Amendment. Yeah, the owner and proprietor of GhostGunner.net, Cody Wilson, is our guest right now, folks. Now, you had GhostGunner 1, and you guys are talking about GhostGunner 2, and uh, you guys are, are promoting it. You can basically manufacture an AR-15 or an AR-308 lower receivers, which for those of you who don't know the, the, the terminology, that's that's the gun. Basically, that's what makes a gun a gun. Uh, simple tools, point-and-click software. The machine automatically finds and aligns uh, an 80% lower to get it to work. Tell me what the difference is between your Ghost Gunner 1 product and the Ghost Gunner 2. Sure. Well, I mean, well, thanks. I mean, the main, our flagship product that supports our R&D and our efforts to stay in the courts and, and really develop new technologies to allow people to, you know, have their own guns is this, this product, the Ghost Gunner. Ghost Gunner 2 is a, is a totally automated machine that it's like the power of a drill press, but with microcontrollers and, and basically like what you'd expect, plug and play software like you'd expect in any other device that you bring into your home and hook up to your computer. Uh, we're, we're bringing that same type of consumer attitude to making your own gun parts, and in fact, when in this case, completed guns. And this is all legal, I should add. Yeah. Well, I was doing some quick math, and if anybody's been out shopping for an AR-15 and a high-quality AR-15, uh, you know that, uh, that the total cost of what you guys are putting together with the ability to mill uh, in your possession, you, you add up all the parts, and, it, and, it's, and it's very comparable to what you'd have to go to the store and actually buy a... Um, uh, an actual assembled AR-15. It's it's very competitive. I'd say I'd say sure. If you're if you're a value conscious person, then then yeah, it, it also makes sense to get into it for that reason. Although we've seen AR, especially like uh, budget AR kits, really really falling. The bottom's coming out now that Trump's president. But yeah. I mean, if you're an AR enthusiast, if you own one AR, you're likely to own multiple ARs. So we were developing this technology more to support you know the, this series of customization and and really individualization that the gun world has experienced, especially now that you know Hillary Clinton is not elected. It looks like we've got at least four, <laughs> maybe even eight years of, of fun times ahead, right, in the gun world. Yeah. So it's, it's mostly a, you know, a casual kind of enthusiast device. It's not really 
to, to say, hey, this is the absolute cheapest way you can get into an AR. It's also a platform. So it makes ARs today, but this summer, you know, and probably we'll be back on the show to talk about it, this summer it'll be doing uh, handguns, common and popular handguns like the Glock and the 1911. I mean, we're, we're developing a platform to allow the Second Amendment enthusiasts to exercise his right without having to go down to the store and also to take back a little bit of industrialization, right, to develop a little bit of skill. Yeah, no, I understand that. I understand. And let me play devil's advocate with you. Now, what do you say to certain folks in our society who say the government should know what weapons you have? That 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 serial number that comes uh, if you go through all the channels set up by uh, the the anti Second Amendment folks on citizens' weapons that they are needed somehow. What do you say to those folks? Look, I you know in some cases i i agree that the question is not put in bad faith but in most cases the question is often put in bad faith uh the the gun control act and the ffl system the serial numbers aren't meant to be surveillance techniques they've only ever meant uh they've only ever been implemented to regulate the commerce in guns in this country they're ostensibly commercial regulations yes they assist law enforcement but i mean since 1791 in this country this government this federal government or the state governments have never known and had no reason to know uh, the guns that law-abiding citizens own. And so I, I stand very proudly on this line and say it's not their business, and it's uh, often inappropriate to, uh, to insist that it is. All right, Cody Wilson, everybody. He's the owner and proprietor of GhostGunner.net. Uh, he is being dubbed out there in some circles as the Steve Jobs of the Second Amendment. Come and take it is the name of the book, The Gun Printer's Guide to Free Thinking. Cody, always a pleasure to visit with you, man. Always informative. Thanks very much. I loved it. Thank you. All right, folks, more to come on the other side of the break here on the Chris Salcedo Show. We'll detail more of the Democrats abandoning the new civil tone on the Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze. Be right back, folks. Don't go anywhere. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On The Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Oh, CNN is so butthurt, everybody. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, but they really are. <sighs> they actually just showed a cutaway. Of, of pathetic Jim Acosta trying to answer a question or, or ask a question uh, at, at, at the White House of the press secretary and being and showed him being ignored. <laughs> well, Jim Acosta, you just got a, a healthy dose of what Fox News had to deal with Last eight years from Team Obama. What are you complaining about? You didn't jump to Fox's defense when this was the normal treatment. And besides, Fox was eminently uh, or massively more fair to the former occupant of the Oval Office than you have been, Mr. Acosta, to this current administration. Just saying. We'll have more on that coming up here on the Salcedo Show, folks. Uh, telephone numbers, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. I, I always like talking to the ghost gunner, man. 
And I meant what I said. I looked on their website and I saw basically you could assemble your own AR-15 and buying their their equipment to make your own AR-15 right around the same price for a high-end AR-15. And then then once you have the, I, th- I think the uh, the unit was 250 bucks. Once you have that, then you can, you can mill as many AR-15s as you want for your own personal use. You can't mill it for other people. But uh, in that way, you can order. I know I'm going to get into the weeds for some of you who are not gun owners, and I'm not going to pretend to be an expert. But the only way you can, you can assemble your own AR-15 right now is if you order the lowers, which is the, the, what makes, what, basically the gun is ordering the lowers that already have a serial number engraved on it. And you can only do it through a licensed dealer, gun dealer. When you order an 80% lower, which is mean it's, it's not all the way milled, you have to do some other things to it, which is what the ghost gunner apparatus helps you complete. Uh, there's no serial number. The government has no idea that you have a gun, and, and to be quite frank, it's none of the government's business. It is, you have a Second Amendment right of self-defense. To be, the right to bear arms. And it's none of the government's business what you do with it. And none of these busy bodies on one particular side of the aisle's business what you do with it. Um, now, that is unless until you, you break the law, then you should have the full weight of law come down upon your head. Um, but for those of you who are law-abiding, restrictions ought not be put in place for the law-abiding. All right, uh, let's start off. I, mean, I told you that the, the rhetoric is getting heated once again from the, the so-called tolerant folks, the left. Here's Paul Ryan earlier today saying that he's excited that the Senate is working on the Obamacare repeal. We're very pleased, actually, that the Senate's moving forward on health care reform. Obamacare is in the middle of a tailspin. It, the law is literally collapsing before our eyes. They'll have lots of amendments. It's going to be um, a lengthy legislative process, but I'm very excited that the Senate's taking it up. Yeah, I'm excited, too, about that. And now, I say that with reservation because what if this thing is just another Obamacare light, which is what I'm fearing it will be? The only thing that that gives me solace is that Ted Cruz is a part of these negotiations. Um, uh, the rest of them, not so much. Now, Bernie Sanders jumps on with CNN. And he now this th- the big criticism being leveled by the intolerant left, the hateful left, is that this Senate bill is being debated in secret, is being debated by behind closed doors. And I said this this morning on an earlier version of the Chris Salcedo show, and I was very happy to be backed up by Sean Spicer, that the Democrats have already pledged they don't want anything to do with anything that repeals Obamacare. If I've heard him say it once, I've heard him say it a million times. So why the hell would they be involved in this? You can't sit there and say, I don't want anything to do with the repeal of Obamacare, and then also complain and moan that you're not part of it. And then here comes Bernie Sanders. Admitting he he has never seen the bill, but encouraging Democrats to oppose it. So let me get this straight. The socialist senator from Vermont wants Democrats to oppose something before they've even read it. 
which is par for the course for Democrats because that's how they passed Obamacare. They voted yes for Obamacare without even reading it. Mr. Sanders. Jake, I think that the Democrats in the Congress should do everything possible, A, to defeat that legislation, which is, again, to my mind, unspeakable. It's unspeakable. I haven't seen it, but in my mind, it's unspeakable, says Bernie Sanders, the socialist from Vermont. You know, if I were Jake Tapper, I would have stopped him. Wait a minute. Didn't you just go through saying you hadn't seen it? Didn't... You haven't seen this bill. Nobody's seen this bill. What are you, ta- what are you talking about? But no, Jake Tapper uh, <laughs> didn't have the, the gumption or the desire to interrupt the socialist senator from Vermont. How do you throw 23 million people off of health insurance and at the same piece of legislation give tax breaks to the wealthiest folks in this country? Yeah, about that business. Uh, that is very close to a lie the implication is is that here's this big beautiful entitlement that the liberal democrats have given to america and the republicans want to take it away from you of course we all know that this so-called entitlement is well it is an entitlement this entitlement is doing immense damage to the country but this is what progressives rely on uh, individuals getting addicted to this, oh, I'm do that. I'm owed that. So this idea that 23 million people will be thrown off of their health care. No, that was actually what the implementation of Obamacare did. Uh, I think it was over six to six to eight million people thrown off their health care plans because Obamacare wouldn't allow those health care plans to exist anymore. That's what the Democrat plan did. Now, what this plan is going to do, it's going to give you the it's going to give you the choice to have health care or not. If you if you don't want it, you don't have to have it. So naturally, there are going to be millions of Americans and Bernie Sanders knows this. He's not a stupid man. He's just a socialist. He's just a disingenuous, wrong headed socialist who, by the way, I agree with uh, many of the problems he's identified where we are light years apart is the solutions to those problems. But at any rate. There are going to be millions of folks who say, well, I do not want to opt in to government-run health care. Or I don't want to opt in for health care. Now, right now, they have no choice because Democrats and Bernie Sanders say the government is going to force you to buy this. We're going to force you to buy it. And when people are given, once again, a choice, once the proper balance between citizen and government is restored, whereas it's we the people who tell government what to do and not the other way around. Once that's restored, then some people are going to say, well, I, I don't want to don't want to buy health insurance right now. And they're going to have that choice. And that's what the 23 million business is all about. It's completely disingenuous of Mr. Sanders. That has got to be defeated. But second of all, as you've indicated, we have an insane process. Insane. Here you have legislation which deals with one sixth of the American economy. That's the health care situation. And there are Republicans who haven't even seen this legislation, and certainly no member in the Democratic caucus has. What kind of process is it? Well, what kind of process is it? It's similar to the process that you Democrats had done when you shoved Obamacare down our throat. You should be intimately familiar with this process, Bernie Sanders, because Republicans weren't allowed to make amendments to Obamacare. Republicans weren't allowed to to give their input on Obamacare. Your party, 
Mr. Sanders, the Democrat Party, which is actually increasingly becoming not your party as you are a socialist and uh, the mainstream Democrat Party is not. They're just maybe uh, leftists or extremist liberals. But uh, uh, you should be intimately involved with shutting the other party out because that's precisely what your party did when Obamacare was being debated and passed, Mr. Sanders that when you deal with an issue that impacts tens of millions of people in this country, Republicans don't even have the guts to allow it to go to a committee where we can have an open hearing, where questions could be asked. It seems to me that what they want to do, because this legislation is so bad, is keep it secret, keep it hidden, and in the last possible second, rush it before the mm-hmm. Senate and get a vote within a few hours. Jake, I th- Well, okay then don't vote on don't vote yes on it if you look at it and find out that it's not any good mr sanders i mean uh they may be rushing this but nobody says you have to vote for it and you're already pledging you haven't even seen it you're already you're already pledging to vote no what and and your democrat party has already said you don't want anything to do with this thing so what is it bernie sanders you see what folks what bernie's really ticked off about is that he doesn't have the ability, as the Republicans are working on this, to sabotage it and to undermine it and to badmouth it. That's what he really is. Want, that's really what he wants the ability to do. And there will be plenty of time for that after it's unveiled. As a matter of fact, Bernie Sanders and his ilk, they're not even waiting for it to be unveiled. They're already badmouthing it, and they have no earthly idea what's in it. That ought to tell you how credible their voices are which is to say they're not because they're based on partisan politics and not facts, which is kind of kind of a, a definition for the Democrat Party, is it not? Based on rhetoric, and not facts. Back in a minute with Elizabeth Warren, Focahontas on The Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, some listener feedback from a guy named Frank. Please stop pushing the lie. Citizens do not have a Second Amendment. In fact, they do not have a Constitution at all. Only privileges granted by the government. As you know, granted privileges can just as easily be taken away. The proof of what I can say can be found in a book given to the House and the Senate titled The Constitution of the United States Analysis and Interpretation. This book states the truth. This can also be read in the 14th Amendment where it is stated that uh, to be a citizen, you must be subject to the jurisdiction owned by the government. Chattel, please stop pushing the lie. Thank you, Frank. Uh, No, Frank, what you're uttering is the lie. That's what uh, some people of ill repute in the government want you to believe. That this government isn't predicated of, by, and for the people. Um, so there you go. Sorry, but Frank, you 
are wrong. I think you want to get into the mindset that you are supposed to be the one in charge, not those individuals up in government. We did not cede to them this control. And Americans do not consign themselves, real Americans, do not consign themselves to being controlled. Real Americans don't do that, Frank. Venezuelans do. Cubans do, even though they have much of a choice. Socialist Europe does. Americans don't. That's what makes us special, you see. So, just keep that in mind, Frank. I will not stop pushing the truth. It is the fact that you believe government is in charge. That's the lie, sir. That's the lie. Elizabeth Warren deciding to use some scare tactic, uh, scare tactics about the private sector in healthcare after government has screwed up healthcare. Again, this is part of the Democrats abandoning the. Uh, this notion of the kumbaya moment, this unity that they said was uh, was there, it's gone. I think it's beyond cowardly. I think it's actually very strategic on their part. I think they've decided that, look, they know which side their bread is buttered on. They know what the Koch brothers want them to do and a handful of other giant corporations. And Class warfare, blah, 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 blah. Billionaires. To turn our political system into something where they can say up is down, in is out. Up is down, in is out. Uh, folks, you know the Salcedo Show axiom that states that it, liberals and progressives project qualities on others that they themselves have in abundance. She's just she just described the last eight years of the resident Obama. Up is down, left was right. It was completely bass backwards. America would slap our allies in the face and give our taxpayers money to our enemies. That that was the complete backward way of doing things, where American citizens are killed by communist regimes and there's no response. Where. Russia invades our allies that we promised to aid and we didn't aid them. That was the old way of doing things under Barack Obama. He's the one that made up, down, and left, right, and inside, and out. So, again, these, these extremist progressives like, like, like Focahontas here, Elizabeth Warren, she is projecting immensely projecting over is under and Which, be able to sell it and not have to pay any price at exactly. all for the harm that they have inflicted on millions of people across this country Which, uh not to point out the obvious folks but i'm sorry elizabeth your uh, your law is currently running things your law is the one that's doing harm obamacare is doing harm to this country immense harm uh, over 100% increases in, in some places, 200% increases in premiums since your law, Elizabeth Warren, Obamacare, went, in, uh, went into effect 2013 to 2017, just over the last four years. A 200% increase. You promised something else, Elizabeth Warren. You promised 
a savings for the average family of four. You promised they could keep their doctors and keep their plans. You broke those promises, madam. You are the one who screwed up health care. These corporations didn't screw it up. You did that. You did. Look in the mirror. Again, here's, here's the projection. They're projecting onto corporations what government screwed up. Now, Sean Spicer addressed this whole idea that the Democrats are peeing themselves. We're not involved. We're not involved. We want to be involved. A- after saying they weren't going to be involved. Okay. They said, we're not going to be involved. And now they're whining that they're not involved, they're not being included. Well, Sean Spicer addressed this today at the briefing. I think we wanted to be part of the process back then. If you look at what you, you look at what Senator Schumer said both in February to a MoveOn.org call, uh, where he said that you know we're, no one's going to be no Democrats going to go near this, and what he said in a letter in uh, May 9th that he said that no Democrats will be part of an effort uh, that would repeal Obamacare. So they have chosen to take themselves not to not make themselves part of this process. Uh, there is when Senator McConnell brings the bill forward, I'm sure that there'll be plenty of time uh, to have debate. It's the Senate. There's always plenty of time to debate. He's talking about uh, next week. Well, okay, but again, I'm not going to get ahead of, I'll let Senator McConnell determine the schedule, Senate schedule and run the Senate that he, that he sees fit. Amen. But I, I think Spicer's on to something here. I mean, we have the sound bites, Chucky e. Schumer. We're not, if they want to abandon repeal, then we'll work with them. They're, they're, they're placing conditions on the majority. And majority said, screw you, we're repealing this. If, if you want to get in to the discussion on repeal, more power to you. Oh, by the way, here's C-SPAN really quickly as we go to break. Our Democratic colleagues to join us in, as part of this rescue mission to protect the millions of people for whom Obamacare has been a disaster, with uh, premiums going up 105% since 2013. Many people have deductibles that render their insurance essentially unusable. So- it's John Cornyn from Texas, and this is being played on C-SPAN 2 as we are talking right now. And the Republicans basically saying the Democrats said they didn't want to be any part of this. And now they're they're moaning and complaining that they're not being made a part of it. Up next, we'll deal with the basket of bias press and Jim Acosta from CNN. His caterwauling yesterday and the response from the White House today. Back in a minute. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Back to the mailbag uh, from Dennis. Hey, I listen to you daily, and I may have missed any comments, but it's amazing to me that I don't hear anyone asking, what the hell was Rod Rosenstein thinking? (laughs) It sounds like he acted independently and did something that would obviously drag out forever and do great harm to the president and the entire Republican agenda. It's like he's a deep state guy. Why is there no conservative backlash on him? Well, we talked to an FBI guy yesterday, Dennis, uh, about this very thing and asked, hey, should Rosenstein go and should uh, Mueller go? And he said, yeah, both. Bye bye. (laughs) Go. This makes no sense to a lot of people. Rod Rosenstein gets in, writes up this indicting document on Comey saying he ought to be fired. 
So Trump fires him. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, the special counsel, a couple of weeks later, is put into place to investigate the firing as possible obstruction. Huh? As if people go, I, I don't get that. So uh, who knows? Uh, now, just yesterday, though, it was expressed full confidence in Rod Rosenstein. Uh, go figure. Go figure. By the way, before we, uh, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, the Russians uh, pledging to target any aircraft uh, from the United States or the coalition that cross a certain boundary flying around Syria. Today, uh, the Russians flew, an armed Russian fighter jet flew within five feet of a surveillance plane. Five feet. My only caution to Russia was be, is, is be careful. You don't have a pansy in the Oval Office anymore. You don't have an anti-American putz in the Oval Office anymore. You better be careful. Did you see, did, did you see the effects of the Moab bomb in Syria? Did you see that, Russia? I would just, I would, if I, see, I have never bought this idea that, that Trump is a Russian agent. By the way, Andrea Mitchell, what a rank hypocrite this woman is. Here she is yesterday on her program, Andrea Mitchell from NBC. Listen to this. Again, this is only one place where he's reluctant to go after Russia. Another is the fact that he uh, still resists acknowledging the Russian invasion of our uh, cybersecurity for our elections. The, okay, so l- let me get this straight. Trump refuses to acknowledge the invasion of Russians' intrusion into our cybersecurity? <laughs> what? The, the last administration, Andrea Mitchell, may I remind you, sweetheart. Uh, the last administration was warned by the Office of Management and Budget about Russia, about Iran, and about China's hacking of our national infrastructure. And uh, the, the leak, the OMB leak, uh, excuse me, that happened under Barack Obama. Donald Trump welcomed tech giants to the White House just yesterday, Andrea Mitchell. To, to have a conversation about how to update government computers that are still using floppy disks, you idiot. And Obama could have tackled this. Why didn't he? Oh, he was too busy fundamentally transforming America. And you want to talk about an invasion by the Russians? How about a real invasion of, of Ukraine, Andrea Mitchell? Why weren't you on Obama about the invasion of Ukraine? Our allies who we pledged to help if they gave up their nukes and the last administration was nowhere to be found. Andrea Mitchell, good grief woman. Now I think what she was driving at was, uh, that the Trump administration refuses to talk about the fact that Russians tried to influence our elections. I think that's, I think that's widely accepted. They did. But of course, as I have told you all before, that's nothing new. Since the Soviet era, they've been trying to influence our elections. They've even had sit down with high profile Democrats to undermine Republicans. Senator Ted Kennedy, Democrat. To undermine Ronald Reagan's reelection. So we know there's a long history of the Russians slash Soviets trying to influence American elections. Uh, That's your breaking news, Andrea Mitchell. Now, still. Uh. Sean Spicer was asked about this 
today. And uh, Jim Acosta, see, how am I going to set this up? Uh, Jim Acosta wasn't getting called on today, and he didn't get called on. And I'll, t- I'll, I'll play for you why. We played a little bit of it yesterday, but I'll play it for you for a while. There's, there's a question here, and then there's a snarky little ill-informed question that comes after the question is asked and answered. And that comes from CNN's Jim Acosta, the leader of the basket of bias, CNN's reporter. Now listen to this. This is a question being asked of uh, Sean Spicer about Trump's belief that the Russians hacked or hacked. That, see, they got me doing it. That the Russians tried to influence our election. Uh, just very plainly, uh, a yes or no answer. Does President Trump believe that the Russian government interfered in the 2016 elections? I, I think I have not sat down and talked to him about that specific thing. Obviously, we've been dealing with a lot of other issues today. I'd be glad to touch base. Oh, interfered. Does, so what does that mean? Now, I know they tried to influence it. I think that's, but were they successful? Were they successful? Remember, the Russians had already believed all of the left-wing polling that Donald Trump was going to get trounced by the inevitable Hillary Clinton. And documents have already shown that Russia said that they believed Hillary Clinton was going to win. That's why they were trying to undermine her, because she would come in damaged. That's the, that was the realization the Russians were operating under, the same realization that the, uh, not realization, but the same data that the basket of bias press was putting out there. Russia was laboring under those same misconceptions. So we know, we know what Russia's agenda was, was to damage who they, what they thought was going to be a President Hillary Clinton. Generally speaking, I mean, this conversation about Russian interference in our elections, there's 16 uh, intelligence agencies that say that they did. Uh, the former FBI director said that without a doubt the Russians interfered. I understand. I've seen the reports. Uh, does the president share uh, those views? I, I have not sat down and asked him about his specific reaction to him, so I'd be glad to touch base and get back to you. Yeah. Didn't he say it was fake news, Sean? Didn't the president say that it was fake news? <laughs> Jim Acosta, you pathetic twit. <laughs> Didn't the president say with fake news? Oh, by the way, he didn't get called on today. And I'll, I'll, I'll play for you why. But there's Jim Acosta in the background. Didn't the president say with fake news? I mean, what are you in high school, Jim Acosta? Are you in high school? What the hell's the matter with you? <laughs> Did you say that it was fake news? No, I think what the president said was fake news is that the Russians had a bearing on the outcome of the election. I think what he saw it as, uh, thought as fake news was the fact that he colluded with Russians to, to influence the outcome of this election. That's what he considered fake news, Jim Acosta. Are you that dense and biased against this president and so in the tank and up the rear end of Hillary Clinton that you can't, that you can't even make a fair characterization, but you could see, you, you should have seen Jim Acosta's body language, folks, during the press briefing. He was sitting there like a little boy and just, you know, looking around. He was kind of slumped over. He looked like a little pouty child. Jim Acosta. Now, this is the reason why he didn't get called on today. Now, the White House didn't say this. I'm just speculating. But here was Jim Acosta yesterday after the White House didn't have a didn't have a press briefing, a traditional press briefing yesterday. So the White House press secretary is getting to a point, Brooke, where he's just kind of useless. Oh, 
the press secretary is useless. Is it any wonder why you didn't get called on Jim Acosta? You know, if he can't come out and answer the questions and they're just not going to do this on camera or audio, why are we even having these briefings or these gaggles in the first place? Is he not um, having it, conversations with the president about simple questions like climate change? Do you? Th- <laughs> Brooke, hold on, wait a minute, this gets better. I think he just simply doesn't know. Why isn't he having, having those conversations with the president? It, it's a really good question, Brooke, and it's a question that I would ask. But- <laughs> of course, because you know, poll after poll after poll shows that man-made global warming is really low on Americans' priority list, but it's really high on CNN's and Jim Acosta's list. So they'd ask that. You see, th- these folks aren't out there asking questions on behalf of the American people. They're out there asking on behalf of their ideology and their own personal aggrandizement so they can go to cocktail parties and be patted on the back. Look, I got, I got Donald Trump. I talked to him about a climate change question and he didn't, he didn't have an answer. <laughs> These people are in high school. CNN is a joke. But unfortunately, at this White House, we wouldn't have the video or the audio to show you the answer uh, to that question because... <laughs> Well, you see, what, what Acosta's ticked off about is that CNN is a, is a television show, of course, and is a television channel, and they need visuals on TV. And when there's only audio or there's only print available, they have to get on the air as a bunch of talking heads, and they have to blah, 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 blah. And it's not, it's not good eye candy. I used to be in TV, I know, folks. This is how they think. They've got to have audio and video so they can slam and show how superior they are. Mr. Acosta loves to include himself in the questioning. Um, uh, There are some, and I, I worked with reporters like this, who always had to include themselves in what they call a stand up when they had pre-recorded pieces where you'd see the reporter saying, I'm here, blah, 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 and then toss to something else and you'd see them cut away to a different shot. I, when I, and of course, th- this is where I worked. I worked in a uh, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, a rather, a rather large television market, and we only had a buck 15 to tell a story, one minute and 15 seconds. So it's like the people know what I look like. I, I stand up at the beginning and I wrap up at the end. They don't need to see me in the middle of the story. So more often than not, I will let the story speak for itself and I wouldn't inject myself into to the story. Jim Acosta is not one of those guys. As much as you can see him on his stories, he's in there. Um, anyway, I, I think that's more of a function of his liberalism than it is his uh, his journalism, but uh, that's just me. As of, of the stonewalling that we're getting over here at the White House. That's the White House behind me. Yeah, that's the, he's indignant. That's the White House behind me. Were you this indignant, Jim Acosta? When Barack Obama uh, gave Fox News the middle finger, what, sitting down, what, three interviews during his entire eight years? Were you, were you this upset when Fox News was denied access to the Obama White House? Uh, Jim Acosta, were you this upset when Hillary Clinton didn't hold a press conference during her, what was it? It was almost a year she didn't hold a press conference. Remember? Well, we talked about it. Fox talked about it. But Jim Acosta couldn't couldn't be uh, bothered to do a stand-up and say, you know, she's running for the White House, and why she's not talking to reporters, I just... Da-da-da. No, Jim Acosta didn't do that. Just saying, folks. 
learn to watch these people with a critical eye and understand the biased liberal hacks they are. Back in a minute, we'll wrap up the show. The Salcedo Show on The Blaze. The Chris Salcedo Show. On The Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to the Latino conservative Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Salsi Salcedo, the liberty-loving Latino. It's so hot brown is the new green. It's so hot I cut the pants off my pantsuit. It's so hot squirrels are icing their nuts. It is hot out there, and I'm not talking about the show. I'm talking about, did you guys see the temperatures out, out west? They, as a matter, it's it's so hot. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, it's so hot. Oh come on, Ellie, you don't even know that bit. I mean, come on, that's as old as I say. Was I supposed so, to say something? Yes, yeah, I say it's so hot, and you say how hot? How is, hot is it, Chris? See if you got to explain it, then it, it takes the the whole thing. No, it's so hot. <laughs> That uh, some planes that don't do well in high temperatures can't take off in that part of the country. It's that bad. It's it's that hot. I called a uh, a relative of mine out in uh, a place called the Imperial Valley out in Southern California, El Centro, that area. One hundred and thirteen. That was Sunday. They're looking at temperatures in the Arizona area. Hold on. I want to make sure I get this right. I mean. Uh, I heard as high as 120 degrees. I want to make sure I have this right. Uh, forecast for the nation temperatures. Um, it, it's it's somewhere in the high teens uh, over there in Arizona. And let's see, 10-day forecast. I, want, I don't want the nation's capital for, I should say, USA. At any rate, yeah, it, it is it is dang hot, and it's so hot out there that, that planes can't even take off. It's that bad. Now, if you guys are listening to me in some of those areas, you guys know the drill. Uh, fluids, stay shaded, don't, uh, you know, don't overexert. I'm, I'm reverting back to my old weather forecasting days, but uh, if, if you uh, don't have access to an air conditioning, you got to find those places in town that are what they call cool spaces. Not not to be not to be mistaken with safe spaces. No, no, no. You don't want to go to a safe space. Uh, if you're a conservative, they might kill you there. <laughs> All right, you got to survive the heat. You wanted to survive liberals either. Okay, so don't don't do that. All right, folks, uh, stay safe out there. And we have much more coming up tomorrow. We'll have the results from Georgia's sixth congressional race, the special election out there. And remember, society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by an out-of-control government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Have a grand day, everybody. See you tomorrow. This is The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of the next generation of talk radio. This is the Blaze Radio Network. <laughs>